What is going on? I want to welcome you from Half Court. Today, of course, being October 19th, the beginning of the 2021-2022 NBA season. The 75th NBA season. The 75th anniversary of the NBA, Troy. That is freaking unbelievable. And today we have an episode to celebrate it. Because today, Troy, you and me, we're going to be doing our predictions for everything that we're expecting this season. And with that, Troy, happy opening day, brother. How are you doing? Happy opening day. I'm doing good, Sean. 2021-2022 NBA season is here. We are just days away, hours away from... Our Detroit Pistons debut on Wednesday. Let's go, man. Oh, my goodness, dude. So you, myself, and Robert from uh, the Pizza Palace, uh, we are all going to be meeting at the Little Caesars Arena, and you, all three of us, are going to be sitting together cheering on our Detroit Pistons. Robert still hasn't decided who he's cheering for because – that is who he is, but that is okay. Um, you'll hear about that on Thursday uh, on this channel, by the way. But yeah, we'll be we'll be there. And right now, um, you, we, you and I, we were just talking about this right before the pod. Um, this might not be big news to any other NBA community because this really isn't big news at all. But for us, we are on Cade Watch right now because uh right now we do not know if he is going to be making his debut this Wednesday. And Troy, I'm still going to have a great time. I'm still it is still going to be incredible. Just I I don't even know the emotion I'm going to feel being in an NBA arena again with no restrictions, everyone there just yelling and screaming. I honestly might cry. Um, just because how much I love that atmosphere, it is literally my favorite thing in the world. Um, but if Cade doesn't play, like, oh, just it, there is no way to adequately describe just how less interesting that game would be. I mean, don't get me wrong, it would still be fun. I mean, we get to see. We get to see the Chicago Bulls team live. We get to see all these awesome players. Like We get to see Lonzo Ball, which I'm freaking hyped Mm -hmm. about. And we also get to see Killian, and we get to see Sadiq and Jeremy Grant. And, you know, a lot of our guys just, you know, improved. But, like, you know, you you know exactly what I mean. Um, I do, Sean. So how is it it sitting with you? Where is your head at mentally? Yeah, my head definitely – I. I'm expecting the worst, hoping for the best, I mm-hmm. guess, kind of thing. Um, yeah, you're right, Sean. It, it's gonna be, it's gonna be amazing to see Cade play. We we kind of got these tickets opening night for Cade. You know, there's yep. 81 games of the home season and then 81 away games. 41. To make it a, oh yes, yes. <laughs> 41 away games, 41 <laughs> home games to make an 82 game season. Um, thanks for catching me there, Sean. 162 (laughs) NBA games. Oh no. Yeah. So, you know, we could have picked any game on the home schedule. We wanted that first one that Cade Cunningham's opening night. And we still very well, very well could see that. Um, but man, if somehow Cade doesn't play, you know, like you said, Cade, uh, Sadiq Bay. Killian Hayes, Jeremy Grant, it'll all be worth it. Beef stew, yeah. it'll be fun. Listen, I think the reason why 
they're being so ambiguous about it, and I honestly respect it, um, is because this is just part of the new culture that Detroit mm-hmm. is establishing with uh, with Troy Weaver and with uh, Dwayne Casey. So um, I was actually listening uh, to uh, the Bun and Cardigan show uh, featuring a friend of the show, uh, Nick Henkel and James Edwards III. Um, amazing Pistons podcast. Go check it out. I'm keeping that in anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, so I was listening to their podcast and they were talking about how uh, Detroit is actually one of the only franchises in the league that um, doesn't allow media to actually witness practice. Media is fully barred of and not allowed in practice. And um, I think it's kind of similar to how certain teams in the NFL um, just kind of keep everything um, under um under the sleeves you know what i mean like i think they i i I fully anticipate that they know the answer of of if kate is going to play or not um i honestly expect the answer to be that Cade will play um i i think um if you look at like even uh promotional material that the pistons made they said two days until the debut of Cade cunningham yeah i did see that so like you know obviously they were probably planning that no matter what that's going to be there no matter what, because he's going to be there in the arena, no matter what. But I don't know, man. It's just, I I just, I do just for whatever reason that the kid in me that wants to hope and wants to dream, like I am just Mr. Positive. And it is like, you know what, no matter what, it's going to be fun, but I have a feeling we're going to be able to see Cade Cunningham play. And you know what? I hope that's the case. Um, but but here's the good news, man. Um, assuming that he's everything that um, that we thought he was, or everything that we think he will be, um, we're gonna be seeing this guy play for for ten years plus mm-hmm. at least in a Detroit mm-hmm. Pistons uniform. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I don't know about you, Troy, but I'm definitely gonna be trying to make it out there a bit this season, if possible. So, mm-hmm. um, and we're gonna be uh, talking about that guy all season long and we're going to be talking about all things nba because this ladies and gentlemen is from half court where each and every week troy and i sit down and talk all things nba basketball if you like that be sure to subscribe to this channel as there are other shows other other podcasts other videos produced all things for nba fans you better follow this guy on twitter troy at troy sergey 44 and you can follow me on there as well if you'd like at sean half court be sure to be sure to share with your friends like this video and subscribe and with that troy let's talk all things what's going on so first of all uh, before we get into predictions and everything we i do kind of want to do a little bit of a different prediction and that is um we got some games to predict for tuesday night my friend so mm-hmm. Um, right now we are, we are recording our schedules, um, don't always line up the best because, you know, that's just how life goes. You know what I mean? Troy and I do this, um, outside of our obligations and, um, we, I, we had the option of either doing this Tuesday night or doing this on late Monday night. And I was like, well, I'm not missing a single second of either of these games on Tuesday. So Troy, I'll see you at 11 because man, these, uh, these games, man, they're going to be so good. So 
First, um, both, by the way, it's all going to be on TNT. Um, first, it, it, the season always starts with the ring presentation. And what better foe for the Milwaukee Bucks on opening night than the team that was a toe away from having those rings themselves, the mm-hmm. Brooklyn Nets with yep. with Kevin Durant and James Harden playing for the Brooklyn Nets. By the way, since the last time we recorded this podcast, uh, there has not been any updates on Kyrie Irving at this time. He is not vaccinated and will not be playing for the Brooklyn Nets this season. Wild, but that is a, you know, Troy, that is not a conversation for right now. Maybe we'll do some prop bets on him in a bit. Um, so we have the Nets and the Bucks, and then we have the Warriors and the Lakers. We'll talk about the Warriors and the Lakers in a minute. Because that I feel like that's an entirely separate conversation. These games having different uh, different storylines. Uh, Troy, what is of of this game, this Nets Bucks matchup opening night ring presentation? Um, by the way, Vegas currently has the money line at Milwaukee minus one, meaning that they favor Milwaukee, but by a very thin margin a minus one essentially means it's it's a toss-up so with that troy what what intrigues you about this matchup i mean there's so much right like what what stands out in particular biggest thing that stands out for me is a seven foot tall assassin by the name of kevin durant kevin freaking durant man <laughs> oh yeah, kevin durant is who my eyes are on in this game oh i mean I, I will never forget the press conference after that game seven lost in overtime against the Bucks this past year in the uh, Eastern Conference semifinals. Yeah. And um, he, I remember the news person asked, uh, the reporter asked, you know, you had what, 51 points tonight, but your team came up short. How do you feel? And he literally just said, who cares? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. he's that kind of guy. He's a competitor. He wants to win. Uh, this Milwaukee team, I, I'm not going to say they got lucky because they are a very talented team. But when you're missing Kyrie Irving for that stretch and, you know, you did make some shots down the stretch with Chris Middleton and Giannis even, and then mm-hmm. Brooklyn missed some shots as well as had their foot on the line mm-hmm. uh, for, for one shot in particular. So I guess my, I see, I see Kevin Durant going off, absolutely off. So he is where my number one eyes are on, on tomorrow night or tonight. Uh, this will be aired on Tuesday. Yeah. Over under and 30. We'll say it again. Over under 30. Over, over, over under friend. 40. Over. Over under 50. Under. All right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, he's going to get I, a 42-point listen, night. Listen, you heard it from me first. 42. Okay, I like it. Listen, I, I mean, he's going to get his points, right? I mean, it's kind of yeah. freaking Durant. Um, I, I'd look out for James Harden, though, for sure, too. I mm-hmm. think people forget he uh, he did not exactly have the ending that he wanted. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to touch on the other side, because, I mean, obviously yeah. there's there's a lot to talk about with the Brooklyn Nets, obviously with the Kyrie situation with James Harden, with Kevin Durant, uh, great assembly of players. But then you have the Milwaukee Bucks who coming off of, you know, an awesome, an awesome run. I mean, Giannis just willed that team to a championship. He did. Um, he, 
Um, he did what so few stars ever could have done. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, he is now, uh, he's just now going to be for the rest of his career, a top three, top five player in the world. And a champion forever. 100% and a champion, a true champion. Um, you know, uh, the scary thing about this team is, uh, is Giannis's uh, jump shot actually Mm -hmm. looking better in the preseason. I was going to say that we had to touch on that. Yeah. So his release has gotten significantly quicker. His release has gotten significantly cleaner. Um, he's shown, um, he is, uh, shown tendencies to actually pull up from three, like come down the court and pull up for three, which I mean, obviously that's not the number one thing that you want Giannis to do. But if for whatever reason teams are trying to disrespect him and play that game, or they're just going to try to let him shoot it from wherever he wants. The thing is, is that uh, Giannis is showing that he is way more comfortable shooting. He looks way more comfortable. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know about you, Troy, but um, if, if this is, um, if if this is not just a preseason good run, and if this is a uh, permanent change we can expect to see in Giannis's game, league's chalked. Mm-hmm. 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 And it's going to get competitive between those two teams too. There's going to be some bad blood between those two, Milwaukee and, and Brooklyn. You know, if 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 we see yeah. a clean, competitive championship like Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, even even with his talented role players on his team going against what the two headed star now of of Harden and Durant, right? Yeah. It, it it's it's going to be a fun Eastern Conference Finals. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Touched on teams like Atlanta. Or, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Atlanta, so. Miami, yeah. Philadelphia is still in the yeah. mix somehow. I mean, listen, yeah. the Boston Celtics. You can't ever mm-hmm. rule them out. Um, you know, even, even if they want to try to make you, um, the East you know, is back. the East John. is 100% back and it's, um, I don't think it's ever looked this top heavy just from, no, it hasn't. It's looking Titans. like the West yeah. and the West, yeah. we haven't even talked about the West. <laughs> yeah. We'll get, we'll get there in a second. Um, but I want to let's, let's just real quick opening game of the season. Nets bucks. Who you got Brooklyn Nets. I got the Nets as well. Um, Historically, um, teams uh, actually perform worse on ring night. Um, I think for whatever reason, just getting that ring and just kind of celebrating that just takes some focus away on the game. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to have that competitive fire to match the guys on the other side that have to watch you get your ring and want mm-hmm. to be the one that's getting the ring. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think I think the Nets win. Um, and then we have. Lakers Warriors uh man Adam Silver has blessed us with Steph Curry versus LeBron James opening night first time that we're going to see the Staples Center packed in a long time which is going to be awesome Mm -hmm. um and we get to see Steph Curry and the Warriors uh come out and uh you know compete opening night against such a good team um the debut of russell westbrook in the system of the lakers alongside anthony davis and lebron james currently vegas has this one at the lakers minus three and a half so um 
close scoring game, but Lakers win by a couple buckets. So with that, um, Troy, what's, uh, I mean, obviously the story, there's a lot of storylines here. Um, what do you, uh, what are your expectations for, um, for the Warriors this season? I want to know what your thoughts are on what's happening in Golden State. Well, they have to be, in my opinion, they have to be at least a little bit above a play-in team. Uh, the West at is least, just yeah. the West is too good to be playing in those play-in tournaments. If you're a team as loaded and historically as talented as the Golden State Warriors, and I mm-hmm. watched your video uh, about where where you did assess the Warriors, uh, Sean, not a couple of days ago, not too long ago, and yeah, you, it's, it's check just it out amazing. by the way. Yeah, check it out by the way. It's just amazing how you know what five years ago or six seasons ago now they went uh, seventy-two and. 73 and nine, 73 and nine. I'm sorry. And then they won championships. They lost that year to, to the Cleveland Cavaliers in game mm-hmm. seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, they're still the top tier in the league and they, they won two after that with Kevin Durant and they went to the finals against the Raptors and lost, but they were, they were, I mean, the West wasn't a question. Sure. The West was competitive, but we knew who was getting out of the West every year. Right. It, yeah. And the then, question, the question wasn't who was going to the finals. The question yeah. was how many games. Yes. Correct. Correct. That was the question for my whole college career, our, our college careers. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was always warriors. That's when they were in their dynasty and then they're the worst team in the league and they mm-hmm. get Wiseman in the draft and they're improving and they got clay thompson injured and and so i think it's a matter of how far really in, in his career can steph curry take that team in my opinion yeah 100 uh, that team how can steph his goes. supporting cast around him take him to help take him to above a play-in seed will in we ever opinion. will we ever see the true splash brothers again is i think a question we're gonna have to really get an answer of this season mm-hmm. is listen clay thompson will be making his uh his return to the court and it's been since 2019 um it has been since the 2019 NBA finals against the Toronto Raptors and a lot has changed and a lot has happened since then and so mm-hmm. now they're in a situation i mean you know new arena uh you know post pandemic new, new city um you know new roster new teammates um Steph Curry um, you know, I, I think those guys will, will gel forever, but I mean, you know, it's just the wonder of what, what clay Thompson are we getting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I personally think that, uh, clay Thompson will be the clay Thompson of old. I think there's any guy that can overcome anything like that. Steph it's, it's clay Thompson and his game re- was never really relying on his, on his athleticism. Anyway, it was on his, it was on his ability to, def- to defend his ability to shoot the ball and his overall IQ in the game. So I, mm-hmm. to me, I think he's going to be just fine. That's just mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I definitely lean that way too, Sean. And uh, I, I think Clay Thompson will be a good addition when he's back and ready. And uh, Steph again, I mean, when you have a touch like Steph's, you don't lose that touch, right? No, you, no matter, you just don't lose it. So I, I'm excited for this team. I, I, I really am. And I think Wiseman is, is such a cool addition too with, with his athleticism and his ability to defend down in the post and uh we'll see clean the the gas and draymond green will still be draymond green too so yeah there's that element we can't forget either yeah so uh james wiseman i'm glad you brought that up um i think he's got to put up or shut up here i think Mm. he um i think he is uh 
in a situation now where now that Clay Thompson is coming back, I think unlike other rookies where they're going to have uh, flexibility and the time to grow and to learn and to, um, and to make mistakes, I think James Wiseman is in a situation where it's the exact opposite, where you have Steph Curry, you have Clay Thompson, you have Draymond Green who are not getting any younger, who have as many minutes and miles on their bodies as they do with the injury history of all three players. I think it's very safe to say the Warriors don't truly know how much longer they have with that trio, especially in their prime years, you know? So I think um, with the Warriors wanting to at, probably at least add one more ring, um, to uh, to the Warriors dynasty and send them off with another championship. Um, you know, James Wiseman isn't going to have the time to make mistakes or fail. You know what I mean? He's going to have to show more than what he showed last year because if you were to ask the question of who the best big man coming out of that class was before the draft, it was James Wiseman and it's not even close. You know what I mean? It was James Wiseman and then it's everybody else. But I think... If you actually look back at last year, the answer to the question of who the best big out of that draft class right now is not James Wiseman. It's Isaiah Stewart, and it's right. It's Isaiah Stewart, and it's everybody else. And that's not me being a homer. That's just that's just fact. I mean, there's articles from the Athletic. There's there's people from ESPN. I mean, this is just a uh, th- this isn't a uh, unique opinion, is what I'm saying. So I think James Wiseman never really got a rhythm going and didn't really have a great rookie season. And I think he's going to really have to, uh, he's going to have to improve this year. Otherwise Mm -hmm. I think, you know, he could fight, he could be in a situation where he might have to fight for a minute at some point. So he, and he's also, and he's also coming off of shoulder surgery, I believe too. So that's, that's another thing. So, um, but Troy, who you got opening night? Lakers Warriors Warriors really absolutely do not underestimate Steph Curry I think he has he's gonna be playing with the chip on his shoulder I think he is he wants to control the golden state right California not just the Warriors right not just that golden you know, state you know what you know what Troy I I originally was excited because I was gonna I was gonna pick them and I was I you were gonna be like oh Lakers it's it's LeBron it's it's the Staples Center it's you know all this stuff you know what I mean uh, but then you're you 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 surprise me and I have to be honest I I can't disagree with you I'm going with the Warriors as well and here's why I think that what we saw in the preseason is going I was to carry just over. gonna say that Sean but keep um, talking because um, if you haven't watched. Um, I will say that Russell Westbrook's initial performance as a Los Angeles Laker, uh, let's, let's be nice. Let's call it not good. Terrible, actually. Um, multiple turnovers, multiple, um, terrible fit. This, you know, just again, I, I don't, I don't look at this and exactly am encouraged, but Hey, you know what? We got LeBron in a headband again. We got we got number six LeBron back. He looks like if Miami LeBron went eight years in the future, which is exactly what he's trying to do. So hey, that'll be fun. Um, but yeah. Okay. I, Here here's the original question, Sean, that we need to answer. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Does the Los Angeles Lakers going 0-6 raise a red flag in the preseason? No. 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 I mean, listen, if there's I listen, there's there's zero there's nothing you can take out of preseason basketball. I mean, listen, the um the, the performances that people put on and the performances that people don't put on, you know what I mean? Like they there's nothing to take out of it. It's it's all dress rehearsal. You know what I'm saying? Like the um last year the I remember Jeremy Grant was shooting terribly in the preseason. He was um people were questioning the signing. People were people were ready to flip out. You know? A year later um, coming off of finishing second and most improved player voting, um, being one of the gold medalists on the United States men's basketball team, um, and averaging 25 easily and being one of the best scorers in the league. Uh, I feel pretty good about Jeremy Grant. So, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, there's nothing to take out of it. Plus, um, I don't think the Lakers, like the Lakers are like the team that doesn't care about the preseason at all. Not even a little bit. I mean, they listen. LeBron's played so much basketball at this, you know, at this point, preseason means nothing to that kind of team. So, um, you know, obviously, I think we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see him take it up a notch. I don't think they're gonna want to lose opening night, especially to LeBron's greatest rival, Steph Curry. Um, however, um, I think Steph Curry could put up a fifty bomb. Me too. So, it's possible. Absolutely. Uh-huh. The way you said that was funny because it's yeah. true. Um, he could just um, he could just drop 50 on their asses. But anyway, um, now uh, <laughs> I'm, all right, I got to stop doing that voice before I do it the whole podcast. Uh, but now, Troy, it is time to talk about the upcoming NBA season. It is time to make our predictions for all the awards coming up. So. Um, there's certain awards we're not going to do. Um, we're not going to do executive of the year. Um, sportsmanship of the year. Come on. We're not going to do sportsmanship of the year. Um, we're not going to do sixth man of the year. Um, I, we're not going to do coach of the year. Um, because we're not here to rank coaches, but what we are going to do is we're going to do the big three or we're, well, we're going to do the big four. So we're going to do most improved player. We're going to do Rookie of the Year. We're going to do Defensive Player of the Year. We're going to do MVP. And then we're going to predict our finals and our champion. Does that sound good, Troy? It does. All right, perfect. So with that, Troy, let's start with Most Improved Player. Ready for mine? Yes. From the Washington Wizards. Kyle Kuzma. Okay. I want to hear your case. Yeah. So I think just like Steph Curry, just like Kevin Durant, <laughs> Kyle Kuzma is going to have a chip on his shoulder. I think I think the way he left Los Angeles did not sit well with him. I think bringing him on this team with, again, no cut and clear future and kind of throwing him as the second option next to, of course, Bradley Beal. I think Kyle Kuzma is going to make the Los Angeles Lakers regret trading him. I think Kyle Kuzma is going to have a season, not like 
stellar. Like I'm not talking 40 points a game. I'm not talking Bradley Beal numbers here. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. I'm talking um, potentially an all-star performance. Potentially. Um, I, I wow. see him be truly being that second option on that team, giving him lots of touches, lots of abilities. Uh, I think he's going to have the green light really to drive, to shoot, to, to do anything, Sean. Imagine I, if, by the way, imagine if a LeBron is a team captain again for, for the, for the all-star game. Yeah. Um, and then Kyle Kuzma is someone that he could select. Yeah, as a as a as a as a all star member on his team, I, I'm sorry, that just is a funny scenario. To me. Yeah, it is funny. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, I guess I don't really have much than that besides the Wizards truly giving him the green light all the time to perform. And I don't think the Wizards are going to be a good team, but <laughs> but right. um, I think Kyle Kuzma is going to have uh, ability to really shine out. And I I don't want to compare him to last year's Jeremy Grant uh, or last please, year's Julius Randle. Please don't. Please yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not, because there's nothing to compare. But a similar situation is what I'm saying. If it's like green light kind of thing, so yeah, I guess that's I, my case. I I do I do think um, it looks like in Washington at the highest right now he'd probably be their third option. Um, with Beal being their first option, probably Spencer Dinwiddie being mm, their second mm. option. Um. I I because here's the thing I made this I made this uh this prediction a, a few weeks ago on a video of mine um and I actually have shifted um and right now I, I'm gonna level with Detroit there's two names in my head um but I'm gonna go with my gut and my gut is telling me that the most improved player is gonna be Michael Porter Jr. Ooh. So, Michael Porter Jr., um, one of the most efficient scoring wings in the league. Um, guy that came into the league, we wondered about his health. Um, ever since he's been able to get playing time, he's been perfectly fine. And he's only gotten better every single season, even with, um, you know, he was one of those guys that came out in the bu- uh, during, after the, like, you know, in the bubble, um, pretty much having an entire offseason's worth of time off between the 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 pause and the restart and he was really able to focus on his game and to really um, get some of his skills up and really just get better right and um he's in a situation now in denver where they're still looking to contend um they want to win as soon as possible especially uh you know with with Jokic in his prime and jamal murray is not going to be playing this year um, if he does, it wouldn't be until the end of the year. I don't think he's playing this year, though. That's my opinion. And so uh, I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to be asked to do a lot more. And I think with a significantly higher higher workload, I think with the tools that he's already shown that are in his arsenal, um, I think we could be seeing an all-star season out of, out of Michael Porter Jr. Wow. And I think I know your second guy, too. Lonzo Ball, right? Yep. Chicago mm-hmm. Bulls. Yep, yep. 100%. Yeah. Because, listen, I think – He's the most slept on point guard in the league. I think he's uh, only going to shine in Chicago, but at the same time, I've also expected him to do that in New Orleans. Um, and that didn't really happen. Some of that, some of that he could have, he, he had control of some of that. He didn't. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where I, I think Chicago is a perfect situation for him, but I think, uh, just my guts telling me that Michael Porter, I've seen Michael Porter jr. Have those flashes, I think this year he could really just take off. 
So um, he 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 potentially could be their cornerstone piece in the next few years. Wow. Wow. So I Nuggets fans, the future is bright, I guess. Oh, yeah. They just, you know, just how how stupidly well they've drafted. Yeah, they're doing pretty good. Um, all right. Rookie of the year. Now, Troy, I do think it is important for us to say we are Detroit Pistons fans. And there is a certain guy that we are a little biased towards. But having said that, Troy, who's your rookie of the year? Cade Cunningham is going to have the best rookie season. So therefore, my answer has to be Cade Cunningham. Big, however, the media very much is obsessed with that little twat from Houston. Okay, okay. Jalen Green. Okay. So it might have to be Jalen Green. It might have to be Jalen Green. Are you going with Jalen Green? I'm going with Jalen Green, but I, I, I do believe Cade Cunningham is going to have the better rookie season. But I do think the the, the true winner of the uh, the rookie of the year will be Jalen Green. I'm going with Cade Cunningham, and here's why. Um, I think first of all, um, I think Jalen. I, I think Jalen Green is definitely going to put up numbers. Um, his efficiency is going to be terrible this year. It is going to be like he is going to shoot. He's gonna, if if he gets 25 a game, it's going to be on 35 percent shooting. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like he, um, he he. It's not that he's not a good jump shooter. It's just like he's just looking to score, and that is all he's looking to do. And he will he will shoot even if there's no reason to, no good reason to. And so, um, and and I think Cade, just I just have a feeling, man. Just watching a lot of his tape from back in the day, just seeing. Um, just seeing how, how much he wants to be a vocal leader, how, how ready he is to step in. I think he's going to have the ball in his hands primarily. And I think he having the keys to the car that he does to create and to play, make, and to be that Luca type guy. I think it's a Luca versus Trey young type of comparison where both guys are great. But at the end of the day, um, Luca's special in the same way that Kate is special. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. Uh, no, and, and obviously, like I said, I do think Kate is going yeah. to have the better season. Yeah, I no, do yeah. think Kate is the better player. I, I, I just, I just know how the world is with this guy. Well, here's he, the thing, he, Troy. Here, here's the thing. All of the flashy moments and everything that we've seen, all of these games haven't mattered yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, and 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 all they've had to focus on. Because here's the thing, Jalen Green, he is a, he is a fun player to watch. Mm-hmm. He is the more fun story if you look at it on paper, right? And he's a stud. Yeah, he is a stud. Here's the thing, the guy can play. Um, so, of course, it's juicy when it's like, yeah, you think you should have been taking number one, don't you? And he's like, yep, I, I do. And they're like, oh, you're edgy there, Jalen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just... It's it's hard for me to like take that seriously, 
at this point. And, and it's like, cause here's the thing at the end of the day, what people are going to be talking about is who's winning and like who's, who's excelling. And I think Detroit, I think people are going to look at that team and see them take genuine steps. And I think mm-hmm. Cade is going to be the leader of that. And I think Jalen, I think all you're going to see is like some highlights and some impressive plays, but like at the end of the day, they're going to be, you know, I, I mean, I, I think both teams are going to be, you know, in the lottery, but like, I just, I think Detroit, I, I just think Cade's going to play a different type of level of game and is going to have all around better stats. That's my opinion. And I, I do agree with that. I, I fully do, Sean. I just don't know if the media sees that picture, that the beautiful picture that you painted, the beautiful, true picture that you painted, because I fully agree with you hundred <laughs> well, percent. I just not- don't know if, I just don't know if the NBA world thinks like Sean Murphy thinks, but Sean I- Murphy is the better thinker, by the way. The better thinker. Oh my gosh. Making me sound like I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Alex Jones of the NBA world. The media <laughs> doesn't want you to think that Jalen Green, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, that, that aggressiveness, that, wow. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, okay. But yeah, it, it really is between Jalen and, it, it, there's no one else in the picture, right? I mean, like, listen, I I like Scotty Barnes. I, I like Jalen Suggs. I think he's going to be fun. Um, it, it's either Kate or Jalen Green. It, it's it's one of those guys, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Evan Mobley's not winning Rookie of the Year, right? He's not. He's just not going to do it. He's good. He I I have watched him play. He's fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. He's fun. Um, but good luck. Anyway, I think Scotty Barnes' ceiling is a little higher than his, though. I can see it. If if Scotty Barnes's ceiling is higher, Evan Mobley's floor is higher. Sure. You know what I mean? I I I think if 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 I were to argue anything, and here's the thing, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because Evan Mobley's a freaking unicorn. Like the thing that that guy can do is scary. That mm-hmm. that's my one that's my one pushback. Um, but defensive player of the year. Ooh. Um, Troy. Who you got? As the great chef Emerald used to say, bam! Bam out of bio. Bam out of bio from the All Miami right. Heat. Uh, yeah, Bam's great. Like, he, he's just such a long, stretchy guy. You know, I, I think, I of course, obviously, in the past, the big guy is Rudy Gobert, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of see a patching, passing of the torch here from Rudy Gobert to Bam. And I, I just see that. Just They, they play very similar but I think Bam just has that younger athleticism to him. And I think with him on that good Miami team now with Kyle Lowry and with Jimmy Butler, I just think he pairs well with a team that, you know, the media is going to be looking at and, you know, the NBA fan is going to be looking at as well. Yeah. Um, so I think the spotlight is going to be on the Miami heat, you know, to some degree for mm-hmm. the Eastern conference and Bam's going to be, you know, really performing well with his rebounding, with his block shots. And, you know, I, my case, I, I'm not wouldn't wouldn't bet money on it, but I I I don't really see. I'm sure there's other cases you can make, but I don't see anything in my my. He feels like he just feels like the choice. He just feels like the choice. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I am going to go a different direction, um, and I'm going with Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> um, I think if there's anything that the Lakers can hang their hat on, it's going to be defense. And I think if you're looking at the quarterback of the defensive end of the Los Angeles Lakers, it has to be Anthony Davis if they want to be successful. Um, mm-hmm. I think his versatility to guard on the perimeter, um, 
in the in the on the mid range and also in the paint to play the four, the five, to guard guards, like you know, just everything that he can do. Um, he has shown that he is an elite defender. And um I think if there's anything that the Lakers will be this year, it is dominant defensively. And so uh, I think I think Anthony Davis is certainly someone that can take that home, especially if he plays. So right. I'm expecting I'm expecting a statement year out of Anthony Davis. I will say that much. Um, if he argument. delivers, if he deliver, if he delivers anything short of that, I think he's going to have um, some real answering to do and some real reevaluating to do. So um, I'm expecting big things, and I expect he'll deliver. So um, that would be my argument. So that's what I'm looking at. And also, if you want to talk about the media, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, nothing. Uh, Nothing looks better than getting a, a guy in a Lakers uniform a, an award. So, right. That's true. Um, hey, you know what? We'll take that. But now, Troy, the second biggest thing that you can achieve in a, in a season other than uh, other than winning the finals um, is winning the MVP. From a from an individual standpoint, it is a special award. And Troy, who are you picking to be the most valuable player 2022? The six foot three point guard of the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic. I'm sorry, how tall? Six foot three. Six foot one. Luka Doncic. Six six. Six four. He's like six nine. Mm. What? Six seven. Six seven six one <laughs> six three. Luka Doncic is beefy, dude. Six seven. Yes, I know he's beefy, but I guess for some reason in my head I had six three in my head. But yeah, six seven. The six seven point guard, point forward from the Dallas Mavericks, Luka beefy Doncic, right? Um, so Luca, I th- I'm expecting a breakout year, right? I mean, it's not like he hasn't had a breakout year already, but I'm expecting something bigger and better than what we've seen so far. Right. Uh, I expect him to be up there in points per game, uh, assists right. as well. Uh, I see him carrying a Dallas Mavericks team definitely beyond the play in tournament, right? I see, I see a fifth, fourth, Three, maybe even third, third seed out of the Mavericks, depending on how how far Luca can take them. I just see Luca really evolving now. This is this year four for Luca or three, three, three or this four. Is, this is uh, this is year four. This is year four. That's what I thought. So year four out of Luca, I expect his game was already right here, right, Sean? Mm-hmm, it's gonna mm-hmm. be right here. So and now with Luke, Jason Jason Kidd at, at the coach too, giving him the keys to the is car. Gonna, make massive improvements i think for luca so luca will be the mvp of the 2021 2022 season i like it troy and and listen i think that is uh if you're if you're looking realistically um that is uh that is a pretty hard argument to uh to dispute um but for the sake of us having different answers because I, I think, you know, I think that's the smart way to play this. Um, my answer 
for the most valuable player of 2022. It's Kevin Durant. Y'all know who he is. Now here's here here's 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 why Troy. I first of all, um, Kevin Durant has to be at an like just motivation wise. First of all, how pissed he has to be at Kyrie right now. Um, how much he knows that he has a lot to prove. Um, how the the narrative is that that the Warriors carried him to the championships. Um, people people don't realize how scary it is that he probably hasn't played his best basketball yet, mm-hmm. and that that is terrifying because it doesn't get better than what he did against the Milwaukee Bucks at home, Game Five, like and and Game Seven, like the guy. Yeah. The guy is phenomenal, man. Like, just no one alive can do what he can do with a basketball. And for a guy, uh, I, I think, listen, I think he and James Harden both are going to have incredible seasons. And I think they mm-hmm. both are going to be MVP candidates. However, I think Kevin Durant is just going to, um, you know, if assuming he's able to play a good portion of the season, which... You know, even though he did play in the Olympics, I think that was good conditioning for him. Um, but also, you know, he he did have an off season where he was healthy, um, so that is huge. Um, not only that, but also um, to have a roster that they do have with James Harden, with Patty Mills, with Blake Griffin, with with Paul Millsap. They're gonna they're gonna be a top one or two seed in the East. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a championship contender, and Kevin Durant is going to be the best player in the world this year. He's going to take the – he's going to take the throne this year. I love it. I love it, Sean. And, uh, yeah, just as as you said with my Luka argument, it's it's hard to give and go against that. And there's only be one MVP, and I I would have a hard time with anyone besides those two, to be honest with you. Now, I I thought your media response, like I I laughed at it, you know, like it's like, you know, for the other awards, I thought it was like a funny joke. Like this is kind of like the one where you could truly go, the media, um, there's no award that is a narrative-driven award quite like the MVP. So with, with this award, it's especially hard because not only do you have to guess who you think from a basketball standpoint deserves this award, but you're also having the question of, what what narrative is going to be tied to it? What's going to be the story that leads to this happening? You know what I mean? Because like you know, like it's it's hard to see LeBron James have a story where he's the MVP this year, especially when you have Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook on your team. I think if you have all those, you know, talented players on your team, I think it's hard. You know, I don't. I think Kevin Durant not having Kyrie on his team, I think that's going to open him up to win MVP. So. It's crazy how that award works, isn't it? Right, right. And, and you said a first or second seed, Sean. I can't see anyone in the East passing them. Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, but I, I guess I, I view the Bucks more of a playoff team. I mean, yeah, they've been the number one seed the past couple. Of games, I mean, but. I I'd argue they're more of a. I'd, I'd argue the Milwaukee Bucks historically are are a regular season team. It was only mm-hmm. last year that they pulled the trigger right, and got it yeah. done. Right, because before that, they had some early second round, third round exits. So, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right there. So, yeah, of course, Milwaukee could could shake them up a little bit. So It's kind of like how the Jazz had the best record in the, in the league last year. Right, 
Right. Um, and and it's it's sad. It saddens me to say I can't ever trust to pick them to win the finals because they just they choke and they choke. Yeah. Hard. And I, I feel like they're a true regular season team, not because yeah. they're a regular season team, but because they're just not a playoff team. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, obviously last year they had some they had some injury stuff. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was 100 percent when he came back. I mean, you know, there are things there, but I mean, listen, they also. Uh, they they were not up to expectations, and uh, the Clippers were surely not at full strength either. So, um, you know that is a whole other thing for a whole other day. But now, Troy, the moment we've all been waiting for, the NBA Finals. Troy, who is playing in the NBA Finals, and who is winning the NBA Finals, and in how many games? 2022 NBA Finals are going to consist of from the Eastern Conference, the Brooklyn Nets, and from the Western Conference, the Los Angeles Lakers. What? The winner. I'm kidding, of course. Yeah, anyway, keep going. I was joking. My heart stopped. I was Um, joking. Of course it's going to be them. The winner is going to be the Brooklyn Nets in six games. And Kevin Durant will be the NBA Finals MVP. And if the narrative goes the way that Sean has described, then Kevin Durant will be the MVP and the NBA Finals MVP. I like it. Which not many players have done, but it's been done before. So I like it. Steph, Michael Jordan, we've seen we've seen a couple. So Yep. So now for me. Troy, I hate, I hate when you put me in these positions where I have to agree with you, um, because the Brooklyn Nets will beat the Los Angeles Lakers for the NBA title this year. But for the sake of argument, they're going to do it in five. Gentlemen, sweep them. I think, I think Russell Westbrook is going to melt down in the finals. And I think it is going to be the most public meltdown we have seen a star have in years. I think it's going to be one on the likes of Ben Simmons. I'm just, I'm going bold on this one. This is bold, Sean. But listen, historically, Russell Westbrook has melted down in the playoffs. History's on my side. Mm -hmm. And if there's Mm -hmm. anything we know, um, it's that what is Russell Westbrook going to do while being on the court with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Be at the three-point line? Be in the post? Be in the mid-range? You're going to put him on the elbow? What are you going to do I'd put him on the elbow. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Like, he's just the most yeah. – like, People don't understand that fit does matter when you're talking about super teams. Like the reason why the Warriors dynasty was so good was because of how perfect they fit together. Like mm-hmm. the way that they played offensive basketball was an art form. It was yeah. mosaic. It was it was it was perfection. And the Spurs teams too in the early 2000s. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Mid to mid 2000s. But okay, Sean, I got a question for you. So a okay. public meltdown by Los Angeles Lakers point guard Russell Westbrook in the NBA Finals against his teammate, former Kevin teammate, Durant. Kevin Durant. Teammates. Who has ba- Kevin some Durant. Bad... Kevin Durant and James Harden. Yeah, and James Harden, who they have some bad blood at over the years. What will that do with the uh, – it's, it's like our highlight of the 
our unofficial highlight of the topic here is media, right? The media will eat that up like a piece of cake. I'm not talking about the media, Troy. This I'm is... talking about the media. I wanted to change gears here to the media of how they will react to Russell Westbrook having a choke in your scenario in the NBA Finals against those two teammates it's, while it's... putting on that Los Angeles uniform. I, I will reframe it like this. How will this affect his legacy? How will people tell his story? I think the way that affects his legacy, the way that affects how people tell his story, I think I think it would be the nail in the coffin. I think the only way that comes back is if he redeems himself. And um, I, I'm not – and now here's the thing. In all seriousness, the guy knows, knows how to play basketball. The odds of him actually having a public meltdown is low. Right. Obviously, a lot of that's hyperbole. However, I will say that if he does make it to the finals, his chances of playing good basketball are low. I will stand by that. Yeah, that I will say. And if that happens, it's going to be the same thing. It's the it's the downfall of Russell Westbrook. It is his lack of willingness to adapt to the modern game and to improve his jump shot to ultimately stay on the court and be effective. You know, he's we know who we know who Russell Westbrook is at this point, you know, Um, so what LeBron can get out of him that other people haven't. I don't know. Um, I, you know, I I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, Kevin Durant couldn't win a championship with him. Well, LeBron James. And I think the answer is hell no, because I think James Harden and Kevin Durant are the two two of the greatest offensive basketball players in the history of the game. And the fact that they are going to be running an offense together, Jesus Christ, the scary hours that it is about to be in the NBA, Troy, Mm -hmm. dude, I'm so excited though. Like what a, what a freaking season, dude, the 75th season of the NBA, dude. Oh my gosh, Troy. It's going to be one of the best. I am so excited, man. And now, it, it, it as of as of right now, you know, uh, on your end, it, it, it already has been NBA opening day. It's been NBA opening day on our end for 16 minutes now, Troy. That is hype. Let's freaking go, man. But anywho, now we have to close by taking a journey to the top of Mount Rushmore. And there's only one guide that can give us the proper tour. And that, of course... Is Troy Sergi, and it is time for From Mount Rushmore with Troy Sergi. Troy, take it away. Yes. All right, Sean, we're back here at Mount Rushmore in the Black Hills of South Dakota, and we're <laughs> going to be looking at the top four, the Mount Rushmore, in honor of the start of the 75th NBA season, the Mount Rushmore of the greatest individual games of all time and playoffs are included i was gonna say i was gonna much i think my whole list maybe one i still haven't decided my fourth yet um will be all playoff games i was gonna fight you if if that was not allowed yes yes so we're Um, definitely gonna have playoff games Maybe even all playoff games, but that's still the NBA. Hey, the the regular season sets you up for the playoffs, right, Sean? So we can fully accept playoff games. So I will will tell you right now, pretty mm -hmm. much all my answers are finals games. And mine, I think, are two. I'm still wrestling with this fourth one, but I'm going to start us off 
Um, I'm going to take us a journey back 41 years ago to the great year of 1980, the year my father graduated high school. Uh, 1980, the NBA Finals was between the Philadelphia 76ers and Los Angeles Lakers. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was definitely the star of that Lakers team, but they were definitely led by a rookie named Irvin Magic Johnson, Mm -hmm. who had just two years earlier or three years earlier had won a high school state championship for Everett High School in the state of Michigan. Mm -hmm. Then two years later, won a national championship for Michigan State University. And now as a rookie was in the NBA finals and it was game six and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, their star player, got hurt in game five. And the Lakers were up 3-2 in this series. But with their star player out, it was very much seen like this series is already over because Philadelphia is going to win game six and seven, both at home. That's when the NBA played the 2-3-2 kind of uh, home game, away game type of thing. So Mm -hmm. it's very rare when a team is up 3-2 of being seen as the underdog and that the team who is down two three is seen as the favorite but that was the case once Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got injured and rookie Irvin Magic Johnson put on a performance playing center who's traditionally a point guard in in his rookie year and scored 42 points and led the Los Angeles Lakers to the NBA finals and NBA finals champion led them to the championship in 1980 Irvin Magic Johnson in a three-year span was a high school champion a college champion and an nba champion and for magic johnson to do that as a rookie in game six when a star player is out on the road in philadelphia that game has to be in my mount rushmore there you go man hey irvin magic johnson the greatest basketball player i've ever met um and that is a flex i will wear till the rest of my days um, so now is, is this, so now I get to put one on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Maybe you can comment for 10 seconds on, yeah. on that game. Or yeah, absolutely. Whatever, but... uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was, I mean, it was the coming out party of magic Johnson, right? I mean, there's no, um, it's unheard of for a rookie to come out into his first year and to have an impact like that instantly. Granted, it's also, um, you know, not heard of in our main, in our day for the team that wins the championship to get the number one pick. But for some reason, the NBA thought that was a good system. That's a whole other conversation for a whole other different day. And I mean, listen, it's just, I mean, Magic Johnson is one of the most versatile players to ever play. I mean, just the, the array that he has and the, the ability that he had to win at every single level. Mm-hmm. You know, just from the moment he he sh- he them from the moment he arrived, it mm-hmm. was his world. Yep, and absolutely. everyone else is just living in it. And and from the moment he arrived, it was him versus Larry Bird too, because he yeah. went. And on who to... won Rookie of the Year that year? Do you know? Not Magic Johnson. Larry Bird. Larry Bird won Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Yep. But go ahead. Yep. Um. So when I'm looking at Mount Rushmore, um, obviously. I, I, I was surprised that you went all the way, like, you know, that you went that far back to start and I felt inspired. So I figured before we got to games in our era, I would close with one um, that was, that was before our time a little bit as well. And I'm going to go with, um, you know, it, this list would not be with this list would not be proper if it did not have Michael Jordan on it. And I think there is no more worthy of a submission to the Mount Rushmore of greatest NBA games other than game five, 
Bulls Jazz 1997, otherwise known as the flu game. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan getting 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 poisoned by a pizza from a shitty bar in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> getting getting this disgusting foul pizza battles the stomach flu, puts up 38 points in a game where the Bulls ended up winning 90 to 88. So not only did Michael Jordan put up a great performance, he carried them to a win that game and um, helped essentially seal the series. And so um, it was a deciding game because the series was tied at two all that they needed him to step up more than ever. And I mean, listen, if there's, if there is a game, um, if, if there isn't a game quite like that to describe who Michael Jordan is, I don't know what does. So, yeah, um, absolutely. And the fact that Gatorade, Gatorade, the company makes a commercial for that game uh, to to promote, you know, electrolytes being replaced uh, yeah. after you sweat. Uh, it's just kind of cool that that Gatorade made a commercial off of that one game. Oh yeah. That com- yeah. Yeah. 100%. It like also just all like the conspiracy theories around that game yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Just was like, was it a hangover? Was it food poisoning? Yeah. Yeah. Was oh, he at right, the casino? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, it turns out it was a Supreme pizza from a crappy bar in Utah. So yeah. isn't that just special? It. Yeah. Yeah. And now okay. Troy, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. There are two games left on this list right because there's four in mount rushmore yeah i i guess i i was thinking my mount rushmore your mount rushmore okay we we could do we could do that i don't know okay. i don't know what yeah i was thinking my mount rushmore and your mount rushmore because because we've kind of gone on this pattern of of maybe disagreements uh throughout so i'm gonna uh, okay. with the mvp okay. voting and all that okay. so yeah all right. yeah Sounds i'm gonna good. go my my route rushmore your mount rushmore okay. so i'm gonna go number two on my list and that is going to be game seven of the 2016 nba finals that was going to be one of the games good golden state warriors and cleveland cavaliers yep uh what a fun game from start to finish now there's so much on the line here uh, this is the Golden State Warriors 73 and 9 season. They were the best team in NBA history in the regular season. And they were up 3 1 against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Everyone was counting Cleveland out. Cleveland had won a professional sports championship in all major sports in over 50 years. And they win game five on the road. And they go back to Cleveland mm-hmm. and home. And they win game six. And now here it is. All for the marbles, right? Game seven. And very much defensive game, but still some great shots by Kyrie and Steph. And then you saw the block from LeBron James at the end there. And that's kind of his signature moment. He didn't really have a signature moment up until then, right? I mean, we think of all the NBA players have a signature moment, but LeBron James did not have a signature moment. Yeah, because even his championships in Miami, like, you know, know, it it never felt like it never felt Mm -hmm. like that. You know what I right. mean? Um, yeah. and, and, and I, I think when I look back on that game, I think the thing that was special to me is like, there was no game that I looked back on and just knew it was going to be great. Quite like that one. Like I, yeah. like it, like I remember thinking this is going to be this, this could be the greatest NBA game of all time. Yeah. Like just and, the it, stakes. And, it, and it was, and, at and least it was, it, it was exactly. And that's the thing. Like I, I remember I had to work that day. I had to clean toilets in a hospital. I yeah. remember 
every opportunity I had turning on that game. I recorded it. I went back and watched it. You know, like I, I, I did such a terrible job at cleaning a hospital that day because I -hmm. had to watch as much of that game as I could. Yeah. And here's the thing. it was I remember I was at some friend's house and um, the Cavs were down a little bit close to double digits in the third quarter. And uh, my good friend, who's a LeBron fan, he's he had a pool in his backyard. And this was like, you know, early June in the Upper Peninsula, but at nighttime. So, you know, it was still in the upper 40s. We bit nippy. Said, yeah. Yeah. And he said, if the Cavs win, I'm jumping into the pool. And the Cavs won, and he, and he ran in his backyard. Pool. We all had our Snapchats out, and he jumped right into his freezing cold pool, and it was awesome. Heck so yeah. that, that in our generation, at least in our lifetime, that is the greatest NBA game. I oh mean, yeah, one hundred. All my 100%. other ones are not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm so struggling with my fourth one, but but we'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. That, Give a second. Number- well, well, that's that. I mean, that's it right there. So I'll that's just, your number two. Okay. Yeah. So I'll skip right ahead to my to my third. Okay. Um, and maybe this might even be your fourth. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But um, in, involving another player that has already be, been on this list. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, he was just in that game. I have mm-hmm. to go with game six, 2013, Miami Heat versus the San Antonio Spurs. Ray, Ray Allen mm. in the corner, saving the, the Miami Heat from elimination from the NBA Finals going in the favor of the San Antonio Spurs, just the most even of matchups in the Spurs and the Heat. And for Miami to be on the brink of losing the finals again, um, for them to have to come and win in overtime, um, how tense that game was and how evenly matched they were and how menacing the the Spurs were and just how remarkable of a shot that was from Ray Allen in the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, just perfection, just, yeah. just simple perfection like that. That was the, to me, that's the best game I've ever seen. Um, yeah. That was during, fun. I remember during, watching it too. That, that's the best game I, I ever saw of the Heatles era. That was just yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun game to watch Sean. And I, I do remember like when, when LeBron missed that three, I could not believe it because it, it was like, all the hype around Miami, all the hype around the big three, they came this far. Yeah. For it seemed so similar to 2011, two years earlier when they lost to Dallas. Like it was like after all this hype, they truly are only going to get one championship out of this. Right. Then Chris Bosch got the offensive rebound. So, like, it's amazing how many thoughts can go in your head in a three second span. Yeah. But all of those thoughts that I just shared with you were in my head in that three second span. Yeah. Um, Like to simply watch the fate of, of people's legacies, mm -hmm. um, people's perceptions, uh, the entire construction of that team. um, Mm -hmm. Like just, you know, the entire legacy of that, of that dynasty team is on the line in mm-hmm. that shot, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so the, just how chaotic of a final five seconds it was just that. That's what I'll, that's what I'll take with me forever. It's just how it truly insane. It was, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, like that, Absolutely. that one's special. We, I think, I think we've grown up in a golden era of we basketball. Did. We did. We really and that's did. That's going to, 
bring me to my next point. My third on my Mount Rushmore is going to be a regular season game in our lifetime. And that is going to be in mid-April in 2016. Uh, on the line playoff team, they were on the line ninth seed uh, versus an eighth seed getting into the playoffs. If they won this game, the Utah jazz playing against the very lowly bottom lottery, Los Angeles Lakers, Kobe's final a plot game? twist, but there's a plot twist. It's Kobe Bryant's last game as an NBA player. And I just watched the first quarter of this game, Sean. I, I did not watch this whole thing live. I watched just the first quarter and Kobe hit a couple of shots and it was like, yeah, cool. Kobe's last name, you know, he'll score 14 points and get a standing ovation at the end. I'll watch the highlights on sports center. And then I woke up that morning and I checked Twitter of all places at like 7 a.m. because it was a school day. And all I just saw was 60, 60, it was no context, just 60, 60, 60, 60, 60. Right. And I was like, Kobe Bryant did not score 60 points. So what is this hashtag 60 all about? But guess what? Kobe Bryant did score 60 points that game. To think of uh, how old was he? 38 years old that season? Mm-hmm. 38 years old 38 year old man who you know was struggling all season yeah yeah he really was a role player on that lakers team that year i mean it was mm-hmm. his last year yeah he had the you know final tours you know to the, especially those eastern conference arenas he, he, he was a shell of himself he was such a shell of himself yeah and to go out there and to score 60 points on a team that is desperately trying to make the playoffs it was unbelievable and watching those highlights and it it just you know of course he's he's passed away now but his legacy forever i an individual single performance game a farewell game like that to score 60 points to truly be an assassin to to look like he did that year he won mvp in 2007 now doing it nine years later it was I, I, words cannot describe that game, Sean, of that, how incredible yeah. that is. That is my um, even if I didn't list it as like the greatest game of all time, that is my favorite game of all time. Um, just the um, to your point, um, you know, late great Kobe Bryant. Um, so I did. I watched every minute of this game. OK. Um, and I. Um, I, I, cause no matter what, I just needed to watch Kobe's final game. Um, and like, you know, it was, you know, first couple quarters, wasn't really anything special, you know? Um, but you know, whenever Kobe got the ball, it was entertaining and, you know, back, this was the Gordon Hayward jazz, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it was a fun game, you know, they were um, trying to get the dub though. The jazz yeah. were trying to oh, get, the oh, dub. oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, but what Kobe Bryant did not only. Um, not only in that second half, but just in that game in general and, and just in that night, um, just it encapsulated everything Kobe meant mm-hmm. and everything Kobe was. Yeah. And for him to just deliver that, like that, that was, that was magic. What like that, if, if I could bottle like any air or like the, the app, if I could take that atmosphere and put it in a bottle and hold on to it, like if there's anything I could hold on to like that forever, it would be 
the feeling of of that Staples Center, you know, after after Kobe said Mamba out and dropped the mic, you know, and 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 when when I think of what I'll remember from Kobe Bryant, it, that that night is everything and more I'm going to remember Kobe Bryant for. Mm-hmm. So to mm-hmm. your point, that game was magic, yeah. absolute magic. That that has to be the fourth on my list. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So that is going to be your fourth on your yeah, list. Yeah, that's going to be my okay. fourth. I can't give it to anything else. Okay. So my fourth on my list is going to be, uh, you talked about the series, the same series, but the year after you talked about jazz and bulls mm-hmm. in, in 1997. Well, I'm going to go game six of Utah jazz and Chicago bulls in 1998. Yes. And game six, the shot, right? The shot. Uh, had Michael Jordan not gone back to uh, Washington Wizards, that would have been his final moment in the NBA, the shot, right? And, you know, the last dance does such a great job of, you know, capsulating that last season, that last dance for the Chicago Bulls, uh, that 1997-1998 season for them, just how magical that season really was. And to cap it off like the way they did with such class and such style, to truly say an end to one of the most incredible eras of basketball individual and historically team talented teams like the bulls were and the michael jordan bulls were right to cap it off like that with that shot at the end and having it be a close game down to the wire yeah but of course the man of all men michael jordan making that shot at the end and not not just not just a shot either but Mm -hmm. that shot the that quinti- shot, right, that shot. The, the quintessential Michael Jordan from the elbow crossover. Crossover, yeah. Like, like, it, like exactly verbatim what Michael Jordan did to the Cleveland Cavaliers towards the yeah. beginning of his career. He yeah. closes it with that shot. Fashion. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, but the ball didn't hit the rim. Mm-hmm. Nothing but net. Nothing like, but like net. Beautiful, right? In <laughs> in that. Like, especially with how much he was just on his final legs, like just how tired he was, how spent he was. It like just the way the fashion that he just said, let's go home. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. And just closed, especially for a sixth championship. Right. Right. And, and with us being such NBA fans, Sean, um, don't want to close that too much because it is my fourth on my list, but I do want to ma- name a couple honorable mention. Maybe you have a couple too. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Chamberlain's a hundred point game in the 1960s. I mean, that has to be said, right? Yeah. A hundred points in a game uh, in our pretty, lifetime. Pretty yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Devin Booker's 71 against uh, Boston. Kobe's 81. Kobe's 81 has to be up there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a shame. I couldn't put this one on the list. Uh, another LeBron one, but I would say LeBron's second most incredible performance was going to be game six of the 2012 Eastern Conference Finals at Boston. Do you know mm-hmm. what game I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. When he went out for 45, he was facing elimination uh, really after, um, right, he, he got bounced in the playoffs the year before against Dallas in the finals, mm-hmm. and now they're down 3-2 on the road at Boston and Boston has a chance to close them out and go to the finals. Mm-hmm. And LeBron's still ringless at this point. Yep. And he puts on a 45 point absolute incredible performance. Like it was a man amongst boys and yeah. everyone was a boy. And LeBron James was a man that game. Like it, it, it was incredible. I, 
anyone who has not seen the highlights or remembers that game needs to watch LeBron James game six, 2012 Eastern conference finals. My so favorite, yes, but go ahead. I was just going to say another, another honorable mention, my favorite Pistons game I've ever, mm-hmm. I've, I've as, as an adult, um, 2018 Blake Griffin, 50 point bomb, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Sixers Pistons, mm-hmm. um, Double overtime. Blake Griffin was that guy that night, man. That was that mm-hmm. was a fun one. Uh, yeah. Only time I've seen a star on my team score fifty in my lifetime. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So that that's got to be on there as well. But Troy. Yeah. Oh, man, so good. Reliving some great games, and the and the good news is that on opening day of the season, we are only meant for more to come in the 75th season of the national basketball association, ladies and gentlemen, the NBA season is upon us. And that means that what you're going to want to do is click subscribe, follow this podcast and make sure you're tuned in because from half court is the place that you want to be. We are the best NBA content on YouTube, the best NBA voices out there. We are the greatest in the world and the best to see. We are in the top of the mountain and we are only halfway up. So be sure to be tuned in and we will catch you next time from half court. Be sure to subscribe. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.